Bueller. 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 How'd you do? I do. I passed, but I failed. Yeah! But then I'm happy and sad. Bright as you could have a brother or so. Don't call me stupid. Who out of the chicken crossed the road? Take it from the left to the right! Right! You'll be teaching remedial English. Remedial English? Look, I ain't no English teacher. See? Double negative. What if she wants you to kiss her? Well, then I guess I'm just gonna have to kiss her. Amanda Jones is no minor leaguer who will be swept off her feet at the touch of your amateur lips. Thanks. This babe has plenty of battle scars. Apparently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of season 2 of Rusted Junk, where we look at the 1987 film Mannequin, starring Andrew McCarthy, Kim Cattrall and the quite wonderful James Spader. Jonathan Switcher sex. loves to talk to his work. You know, you're the first thing that created and made me feel like an artist. Don't you like a new scarf? He never expected. Not especially. To hear it talk back. I really think I'm going crazy. I am so glad you're working here. I never thought they'd hire anyone stranger than me. You're the only one who can see me like this. To the rest of the world, he's a disaster. You're quiet. And she's a dummy. Ah! You are one sick puppy. But together. Hey, don't do that. You weren't so shy when you were creating me. You weren't so real. They make magic. Look at him with the dummy. Who are you to criticize? That new stock boy, and I just want you to keep an eye on him for me. I think I'm going to handle things my own way. All the girl mannequins disappeared from the windows last night. Film at 11. Yes, my dear, your favorite. She is gone to get him! You're magic. He's talking to the dummy again. Andrew McCarthy, Kim Cattrall. You know I would never bother you when you're getting a piece of wood. Mannequin. That's mannequin. How do we? Uh, what do we? What do we think? It's worth noting, actually, just before we start, and just before you think it's just me and Amanda this this time. Um, it's not. We're joined by our special guest, little uh, Ferris Ferris Bueller. She uh, she joined us on the, the the opener to season two. Yeah. And, and here she is. Hi. And uh, you can introduce yourself. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm Amy. I'm nearly ten. Nearly ten. Nearly ten in what? About a week. Eight days. Eight days. Eight days, yeah. Not long. Yeah. So I made me nearly ten. Uh right, we don't need your life history. I like yeah, we dancing. don't need the help. Yeah, we don't right, this is okay. <laughs> right, anyway, that, that's Amy. She she likes dancing and she's nearly ten. And she's uh, also our My name's Amanda. Lovely daughter. We don't you don't need an introduction. I'm Why do you need an introduction? In my forties. <laughs> <laughs> I like dancing. I like music. <laughs> right. Well I'm Charlie. There you go. Right, anyway. Oh, what else do you want to know? Anyway, well, there you go. Um, So I guess we, after... What do you think of the trailer? It's a bit... I think it's got all the funny bits in it. Uh, What, all of them? A lot of them. Okay. 
I wasn't especially keen. I suppose it's a time thing. I wasn't especially keen on the last sentence that was in there. Which was? About wood. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. And the, the the fact that it might be a little dated, we'll get to that. A little? In a, a, well, yeah. In a, we'll it's get... really funny because uh, I I first saw this movie when it came out. <gasps> whoa, yeah, whoa, no, whoa. I actually went to the cinema. <laughs> it was actually a blind date. Um, okay. I went with... It was to see Mannequin or see Blind Date? No, I went with a friend to see Blind Date. Right, okay. Bruce Willis. Yes. But I actually went with a friend to meet up with two boys. Two... Okay, right, okay. Two, yeah, there were Sorry, four, I forgot about the friend us. bit. I just thought yeah. I'm meeting up with two boys. I'm no, it's not meeting hedge, two hedging boys. Hedging my bets. <laughs> no. Like, In 1987, I was 13. 13. I was 13. So I was probably about right to see this okay. at that time. Um, what was it, a PG? Uh, it was a PG, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was all right then. Okay. Watched it at the local uh, Regal. The Regal. Uh, I think it only had one theatre at the time. Okay. It was before all its redevelopment. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was actually quite a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Oh, right. Okay. Because... Uh, at the time. At the time. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, maybe there, maybe there needs to be two scores, one of which you would have given when you were a 13-year-old because that's squarely the, the demographic the movie was aiming for mm-hmm. or and the score now so I'll tell you what before we get onto your bombshell score because there might be a huge Grand Canyon-esque discrepancy between the two Amy what did you think of the film what did you give it out of yeah what did you give it out of 10 um I give it 8 8 out of 10 yeah okay. it wasn't bad but it wasn't perfect Right, okay. So, it, I, I think li- it had a good story. Yeah, it had a good story and I, I liked it. Okay. But I know what critics would say if well, they what? were rating it. What? How many critics things? Okay, I, well, you, this is all good. This is all good stuff for do later. Do you think it was funny? Yeah, it was funny in some bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you in suspense even more. In fact, I'll go next. Um, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a seven. It's a six. It's a six. It's like a seven. Larry David. Well, yeah, but it's a... It's a seven if I think about James Spader. It's a six if I think about the film. It's, it's, good, it, it, it's good natured. If it's on a Sunday afternoon, you'll sit and watch it. It's no, you can't put it up to to eights and the nines and the ten. There's no, there's no way like well, that. Amy has. It's nice fodder, exactly. Yeah, but the film, as we will get to in trivia time, was was aimed at you, at thirteen year old you. And while we're on that topic, um, scores please. Oh, scores on the doors. Um, I would have given it if I'd have not seen it before. Mm. Probably a four or a five. Oh wow. But because of the nostalgic element, hmm. um, I'm giving it You're a six your scores. and a half. Six and a half. Yes. So we've got a so we've got a six, a six and a half, and an eight. Hmm. Okay. Well. In fact, I want to put it down to a seven. Oh, oh why? Why? Now no. that I know. Don't like, change your. Don't, no, don't, you can't. No, 
don't change your don't change your stick with an eight. We didn't really. Oh. I really think it was an eight. If I teach you, if I teach you one thing in life, sweetheart, stand by your convictions. If you think it's an eight, stand your ground and tell us, you know, and then we can. We're all in about the sort of. We're not like I'm a two, mum's a four, and you're an eight. So we're all, <laughs> we're all roughly around the sort of rough ball it's park. The bit. Yeah, rough ball. Anyway, well, while we're while we're on that, then this gets a, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it gets a low score like this. But what was the score on Rotten Tomatoes? Twenty one percent. That was that was uh, the public. Well, no, was that no? That's there the that's 20, the critics. That's the critics. Twenty one percent, and then fifty five percent. Fifty five percent is the audience, so right. the people who are watching it. That fits with with pretty much what what uh, what went on with with mannequin and behind the scenes um it's a it, it's a fun film it's a fun film yeah. <laughs> it's a fun film but it's a, what? it's a what yeah we don't need to describe all of our references because we'll be here all day um just look at swing wing swing wing on youtube yeah on youtube anyway don't um so uh yeah, it's fun. Um, the plot, <laughs> the plot. I, I'm. I think if this actually happened in real life, obviously it couldn't. But well, it couldn't. No. But. but there are certain. I have to be careful because of the audience that that we have present. Um, there are certain men that form relationships with electronic mannequins that mimic ladies. Yes. Yes, that's, that's true. Uh, we're going to bring that in so soon. Well, uh, okay. I just think... I'm just going to talk about the plot, but okay. okay. Uh, yeah, right. I'm not sure if there's actually a collective term for there them. There may be. Um, I know that it gets more and more advanced. Um, I don't know why it pops up in Google feed for me because it's nothing I'm particularly interested in. But um, <laughs> I get news stories about things which are completely unrelated to anything that I ever would have looked up. But are you sure? Well, I do get a lot about Leamington High Street, and not that I suppose I have a passing interest in Leamington High Street, but Google seems to think I want to know every single piece of news about Leamington. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I uh, thanks Google. So the plot is um, Kim Cattrall plays uh, a uh, Egyptian princess who, right at the start, uh, is due to marry a. I wouldn't have said she was a princess. Was she? Yeah. Is she? And they, well, she's in a pyramid, so... They're going to get her to marry much... a dung dealer. Well, it, okay, let me fast forward. In Mannequin 2, Mannequin on the Move, she's a princess. Oh. It's not the same person, by the way. Don't, don't worry, it's not a continuation of their story. It's a brand new story with a brand new cast. But we didn't watch Mannequin 2. No, we haven't. But what I'm saying is... It's given that she's a princess. It looks like she's part of some, you know, hierarchy type thing because she's mucking around in pyramids and I think only pharaohs and aristocracy did that, if I remember my history lesson. But anyway, so she's hiding in the pyramid dressed as a mummy. Uh, the the mum goes, I want you to hire, I want you to marry this guy to arrange marriage. Um, he's a tool maker or something? Or no, he's is- a dung dealer. No, she said a different thing to later on when she says, oh, I was supposed to marry a dung dealer. And I was like, no, 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 that's, I think it was a tool tool merchant or something no, like no, that. No, he, he... Anyway, no, he, he... Definitely a dung well, dealer. Doubt and poo. Okay, um, so she then 
lifts her voice up to the gods and says, gods help me, uh, get me out of this, uh, please, and all this sort of thing. Mum turns away, the old classic 80s thing, turns away, flash of lightning, looks back, and then <laughs> daughter's gone. Um, then you see this strange credit sequence whereby... Oh, it's an animation. It's an animation, um, not a very good one, I may add, but it, it, it charts her throughout the ages. Yeah. So she turns up in other places, and we soon find out in the film that she turns up. She actually accompanies Christopher Columbus. She knows Michelangelo. She knows all this sort of stuff, and we'll get to that because there's there's, <laughs> there's massive plot holes. Um, so yeah, so she pretty much has gone through time. She manifests herself in a, a dummy, a mannequin that Andrew McCarthy has created. Um, pretty much in her likeness so you got that right that was, that was it that was, was actually very very good yeah it was very the, good the, uh, the casting not sculpturing of a dummy I don't know yeah. I don't know how they're made hmm. um, but yeah he'd supposedly he'd created this lady yeah. but it was very very good it was better than like Madame Tussauds could probably make of her to be honest yeah it, it was, was, very, it was very, pretty good very much like her yeah not like some of these dodgy sort of second-rate waxworks museums. No. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, guess who like, it is? The one in Blackpool, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, go, just go Google those. They're amazing. Um, and she comes to life when he sees her. I mean, we'll get we'll get a bit more into it after roll call, but only he can see her for some reason because um, that's part of the curse or something that she's got Oh, on. um... She can't see anyone else, because otherwise she'll die. It's, oh, okay. No, sorry. No one else can see her, otherwise she'll die. Okay, but she's a mannequin. I didn't pick that up. I didn't pick that up at all. Okay. She doesn't die. She just can't be seen by anybody else. Yeah, she can't be seen by any, anybody else. Yeah. But I picked up that <laughs> if she gets seen by anyone else... And she dies. Okay, Amy's inventing. Oh, okay. while, while, while we're here, it's in um, the movie. Shall I take him? Shall I take notes and we'll write? We'll write another mannequin script where Amy's. <laughs> mannequin yeah. three. Yeah, the mannequin, mannequin the return three. Return of the dummy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll get everyone flocking back in, won't it? Um, so yeah, we'll get into the story after that, shall we? Uh, go into roll call. Yeah. Okay. Right. So here's roll call. Roll call. Okay, I'm going to start with... I was going to say the star of the... He's the star of the film, but I have my stars of the film, but then I'm very biased, as you would have would have heard from the intro, um, towards one actor in particular. Um, but let's start with Andrew McCarthy. Um, we did something different in Roll Call last time, and I think we'll do it again, because um, give me some more Andrew McCarthy films. Before I go into Roll Call, I'll tell you what they are, but... Do you want a quick go? Do you want to name any more that you remember? No. Don't remember any others? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well. Wow. Uh, well, strangely, uh, one of the things that, that I thought, I thought St. Elmo's Fire was later than this. I thought St. Elmo's Fire was 1989, something like that. But turns out St. Elmo's Fire was one of the first films he was in before he started in Pretty in Pink. Um, and, and obviously the, this film... Uh, you know, Lesson Zero. So he actually starred in a coming-of-age adult 
Brat Pack thing before he became part of the Brat Pack, which is very odd. What, the, what is St. Elmo's Fire? It hasn't actually got Elmo in it, has it? No. No, oh. it's St. Elmo's, uh, Elmo's Fire was the name of the bar. St. Elmo's Fire has uh, Judd Nelson, Demi Moore, um, Andrew McCarthy, Rob Lowe, um, Emilio Estevez. I mean, it's pretty much a who's who. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's brilliant. But anyway, so yeah, St. Elmo's Fire. Um, I think that passed me by. Uh, he was also in, and I thought you would have got this one, Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. He's the the other guy. So the other guy's Jonathan Silverman, if I remember rightly. Hmm. Um, yeah, so he's in he's in that with Bernie. And so good, <laughs> they made a sequel, if you can believe it. <laughs> but a- Amy's looking at us puzzled here. Weekend at Bernie's is about a film about a dead guy that they have to pretend he's still alive. So they have to keep him... Have you, I think you might have seen a tiny little bit of it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of it, but I remember um, an episode of Pinky Malinky now, which okay. is when uh, the King Duck, called King Sack and Quack, because they live in Sack and Hack, um, uh, Pinky and his hot dog friends see that Sing Quack, King Sack and... King... All right, it's on an episode of Pinky Malinky. That's (laughs) is dead, and then they have to try and keep him alive. Okay, well, it's probably dodgy village name, Sack and Crack, isn't it? it No, Sack, Sack and Hack. Oh, (laughs) instead of Hack, instead of Hack and Sack. Anyway, (laughs) and Um, then they do like the alive duck dance, alive duck dance. All right, okay, all right, thank you, thank you for the uh, that rendition. That's lovely. (laughs) Can um, I just say, Pinky Malinky, if you haven't seen it, check it out on Netflix. It, it is, is good, yeah, yeah, it is good. Love it is good. Um, he was in, the first film I saw, again, this is one of those videos that fall into, oh, mum and dad have rented it and they're not taking it back for a while. Um, it was called Class. It was with uh, uh, Rob Lowe, uh, so obviously they were very young, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, and Jacqueline Bissett. Jacqueline Bissett played Rob Lowe's mum, and Andrew McCarthy had an affair with her behind Rob Lowe's back. It was, it's it's a it's a good film, but I'm not sure I could watch it again now. It's just it's just one of those things that things of the times. Um, while I was looking it up, he he didn't really do a lot in the '90s. There was a there was a big gap. Um, I remember seeing a film called Stag in 1997, whereby a stag do that goes wrong. Um, but he's also starred in, in in actual series which are, which either haven't made it over here or, or just haven't seen it. Um, Kingdom Hospital and Lipstick Jungle. No, not Marinogene Bells. They're quite big. Uh, you know, they're not just like small series. But and I should have done more research on this, and I might do for the next podcast. There was a film there that I don't remember seeing. <gasps> what? No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But but. The, the plot thickens. So when we talked about some kind of wonderful and um, basically the end of the relationship with Molly Ringwald and John Hughes because mm. she shunned him, mm. she makes a film in 1988 with Andrew McCarthy, the two from Pretty in Pink, called Fresh Horses, and it's a rom- it's it's a romantic comedy, and I don't know anything about it. And so I'm kind of like, is is that what she did? She not only shunned, it came to an end, the John Hughes thing, but she drags Andrew McCarthy with her and say, why don't you come with me? And mm. maybe that's the end of Andrew McCarthy's, but I don't know. 
I, d- I only did this this morning, so um, Ooh, I don't wow. know. There may be a real big plot there. Um, to be continued. To be continued. Um, Kim Cattrall, then, uh, the person, the, the, the woman who played the mannequin. Uh, anything? You got anything? Any films she might have been in? Films? Oh, she was prevalent in Sex in the City. Yeah, well, absolutely. She's amazing. But we got any other films? You got any? Um, I think she has done quite a bit, but she's done a lot of theatre work as well. Hasn't she did, she? yeah, um, absolutely. Because she was she was born in Liverpool, wasn't she? She was, yeah. Um, so she's actually British, and um, but moved to the US, I believe. Hmm. Um, in order to try and become a star but yeah I I, um, I can't really recall a, a lot of her stuff other than you know Sex in the City well I think you told me one of them the other day she was in Police Academy oh she's in Police Academy alright um, she also starred one of her first things she starred in Porky's um, oh. she played Lassie I don't know if you remember Porky's I'd never watched Porky's and why she called I wasn't allowed right okay and why she's called Lassie well you can imagine on that. Yes. For, the, for all those who remember seeing Porky's, it's definitely one of the highlights of the, of the film. Um, Police Academy. She was in Big Trouble in Little China with Kurt Russell. She was opposite him there. Mm. Um, she started in Bonfire of the Vanities with Tom Hanks, uh, Melanie Griffith, Bruce Willis. Um, she was in a film called Split Second. Um, please, let me recommend that you go and watch Split Second. Um the Thames flood barriers it's set in the future with Rutger Hauer um, it, the Thames blood the flood barriers have failed London's like partly underwater and but there's a, but there's an alien serial killer going around oh my god oh it's it amazing it's it's amazing um, she was also in Star Trek 6 uh, she was uh, the lieutenant I don't want to spoil it for you but she's in quite an integral part of Star Trek 6 uh, which is pretty good but obviously what most people remember for is Samantha in Sex and the City. Mm. Um, yeah, good show. It um, was. I used to stop in on a Friday night. Watch mm. that. Okay, so moving on, uh, we'll leave the best to last. Uh, Estelle Getty. Uh, Who? Uh, the old lady. Oh, right? Estelle. Estelle Getty, yes. Yes. So she was in Stop and My Mum Will Shoot. Yes, the she best was. Alone. Yeah. Awful. Uh, she was in The Golden Girls, Absolutely. which is great. But when I was researching this... Um, I found something that blew my mind. After the Golden Girls, they made a series called The Golden Palace. Don't remember anything about it. Didn't have time to look it up. Where she played Sophia Petrillo. That was her name, came with a character in Golden Girls. Mm. Then in Golden Palace, she played the same character. Mm. Don't remember that at all. And I loved the Golden Girls. I mean, I watched the Golden Girls with everything else that I watched. Can I just ask, was one of the Golden Girls actually a guy? No, you're thinking of... The tall um, one. Oh, I know which one. Yeah, no, it, no. it wasn't. No, oh, okay. no, she definitely wasn't. Um, but then there was a show called Empty Nest, starring Richard Mulligan. Now, Richard Mulligan was in the TV series Soap. Do you remember Soap? Da, 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 da. It was like the Billy Crystal, and it had, and it ended on a cliffhanger. It was supposed to be a parody of all the the American soaps that were there. No. But anyway, he was the the funny one. In well, they're all funny. But then he turned joined Empty Nest and she plays the same character in it. And I watched Empty Nest and must have just completely forgot about it, that she was playing the same character. Anyway, um, unfortunately, she died in 2008, uh, aged 84. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Um, Meshach Taylor, who played Hollywood. You liked Hollywood. Do you like like Hollywood, Amy? Did you like Hollywood? 
Yeah. Yeah? What did you like about him? Uh, he was like, um, oh, my artwork's going to be displayed all over New York. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was brilliant. It was just like, um, some fun and frivolity and excess and lavishness and artfulness. He is. And He's a good character right from the start. Just really it. good fun. It's just... As soon as he comes in, you're like, I love this guy. Yeah. It's just, it's just good. Some of the, some of the terms that they referenced mm. for him though was really well, not politically we'll get correct. To the, yes, well, we'll get to the not politically oh, correct. Oh, yeah, we will definitely okay. get to that. Um, anyway, he was in. Uh, he had bit parts here. He was in a big show called Designing Women. Don't know anything about it because I don't think suppose that made it over here. He was actually in the pilot of the Golden Girls, of so the first one. Oh. So he appeared there. Uh, he was in Elf. He played. Uh, remember? Yeah. Oh no. See, I brought I brought you up well. Elf. Like a bit of Alf. Alf. Oh, I thought you said Elf. Oh, would you have had Are the we same? Talking about Elf as in Alien Life, or yeah, Elf as the, in Elf the best Ferrell. series? Not Will Ferrell. Not Will Ferrell. No. Okay, um, I was thinking of the Christmas Elf. Oh, I was thinking of Alf. No, remember A L F. Elf. Yeah, I know. Alien Life. The one that likes eating cats. Yeah. Um, he was also in MASH he, he played uh, he's a bit part in MASH which is along with the West Wing Twin Peaks and Cheers is my uh, well they're my top four TV series weird that they're all US ones but still no no, uh, no surprise for anyone that knows me um, he was also the only one to make it into the sequel to Mannequin on the Move he's actually in the next one. Oh, I did mm. like his car by the way Oh, his car was amazing. That was classic, wasn't it? Whose car? Hollywood's car, the big pink car. Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, and, and then he put, put like a big sheet big on cover. it <laughs> saying Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, G.W. Bailey, uh, the security guard, he always plays, he plays himself, he plays that character. Um, but I, I, I've always remembered him. He was Sergeant Luther Rizzo in MASH, um, so I do remember that. Um, and that's where I first saw him um, before anything else dad dad used to sit me down and say right okay we'll watch MASH together and that was a communal thing that we did um, he was also in Police Academy of course he was in all of the Police Academies he didn't miss any of them all the way up to Mission to Moscow which was the last one of the Police Academies um, we may cover a Police Academy who knows we don't, we don't know we have got a plan actually for the next podcast but we'll we'll talk about that a bit later um he was also the chief in Runaway. If I met, if I mention Runaway, does that mean anything to you? 1984 film Tom Selleck and uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Gene Simmons plays the bad guy in it, and it's all futuristic robots and stuff like this. And Tom Selleck is is the cop. It's set in like 20 years from now, so probably really like 15 years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the time. But yeah, um, so he's there. But. Let's get to the uh, to the last one, James Spader. Do you want to do? Do you want to do any? Do you want to try and guess Spader? What do you mean, guess what? Well, guess films. He was in that one where they watched cars crashing. Wasn't Crash. He? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's it. Oh wow! I can't really remember anything else. Well, I'll keep this short because I could do a whole podcast on James Spader. If I'm completely honest, but anyway, um, let's look at Pretty in Pink, which we will look at. The one, the one after next, and our next podcast will be Less Than Zero. So another film with Andrew McCarthy and James Spader in together. 
that will be in the next podcast, but he was in Lesson Zero. He was also in Wall Street uh, with Michael Douglas. Maybe your favourite, when you're, uh, you, you can guess every film that he's been in, apart from the, uh, oh, oh, was he in the, um, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that later. You're in, uh, mean. Little, little, little does she know. You can stop laughing as well. Um, she was in White Palace with Susan Sarandon, uh, whereby he was with the older, the older woman. Uh, this, that is a wonderful, wonderful film. He was in Wolf with Michelle Pfeiffer and Jack Nicholson. Have you ever seen Wolf? No. Oh, very good. He plays a similar sort of character, the sort of smarmy type of, type of character. He was in Bob Roberts. I cannot, I know this keeps coming up whenever Bob Roberts comes up. Please go and watch Bob Roberts. That's, thank you. Um, he's also in Bad Influence with Rob Lowe. Sex Lies and Videotape. I remember when that came out and everyone was like, oh, this sounds interesting. And then they watched it and went, no, oh, it's, it's not. It's a bit dull. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> but James Spader saves it. Uh, he was in Stargate, the film. Uh, he played the scientist. He was in Secretary uh, with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had massive success with Boston Legal. Um, he was Ultron in the Age of uh, in the Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, which is brilliant. I saw this morning um, some motion capture stuff that he was doing, and all the Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans going. As soon as he walked into the room, even in the motion capture, as soon as he starts acting, he just puts chills. That we just feel like we're just watching a performance rather than actually being part of it. Um, and I guess that's 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 the thing about James Spader is. He, he just has that that sort of uh, way about him. He was also in a massive show called Boston Legal with uh, William Shatner as Captain Kirk. Uh, so Boston Legal. But James Spader is brilliant. So that is Roll Call. So back to the film then. So let's talk about the historical references. Let's talk about those. There are, there are a few of them, aren't there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. He, he was his name's Hollywood Montrose. Mm. Uh, they refer to him as the Little Mary. Yes, oh dear. And also the fa- the fairy. Did they? Okay. Yeah, which I thought was really demeaning, and you certainly wouldn't get away with that these days. No. Um. There was a lot of. Oh God. Groping, slime. Oh God, yeah. Just like, all, all of the sort of characteristics that, you know, if they happen today. Uh, you know, they're pretty, you know, unless you are that slime ball, pretty much you'd find pretty, pretty rank, pretty, uh, not, not not good at all. I mean, it just not good behaviour. It is a film of its time, like many other 80s films. There are a lot of things that, that happened. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to say, it, doesn't make, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable when you watch it, but you're watching it, if you watch it through the prism of its part of the 80s, then... Um, it's just part of the film you know the 70s films that are, that are like that some of the greats but um, but yeah there are there are bits like that what um, what was your favourite bit of the film Amy? Um, probably when he sees the mannequin come alive for the first time yeah that's good isn't it yeah and then he's like he's yeah, like stunned see, <laughs> he's like he's like really stunned mm. about the mannequin just automatically coming to life. Yeah. It's so cool. I they think have, it was a they lot. Have good fun together in the store, though, don't they? Yeah. A lot of good fun. A lot of changing. Yeah. A lot, a lot of clothes. That, there there must be a pile play. of clothes. Yeah. The clothes that are left on the end. Um, should we address the, the elephant in the room? 
elephant. That the whole premise is that she can't be seen. Well, let's let's park Amy's theory that she dies if nobody can see her. But <laughs> it's she turns she turns back to a mannequin when when human eyes are on her, not dog's eyes because the dog can see her. The dog she doesn't change back when the dog sees her. Remember the bit in the lift where the, he sends the dog in. And they're both in the lift and the dog comes out and goes, oh, 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 and comes out. Yeah. Right? And you're like, the dog's seen seen the mannequin come to life. So the dog's seen it. So dogs can see. So she's fine with animals. Didn't pick that up, but okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. But there's so many times in the movie whereby, and I'll ask you this in a minute, Amy, because there's so many times in the movie where there must be things, she must be being seen by somebody. It's impossible not to be seen by it, especially when she's out on a motorbike with him, for goodness sake. I mean, you have to assume that there is nobody out on the street, looking out of a window, coming out of a shop, anything like that, that could, could end up seeing her. So what do you think, Amy? Do you think... Well, let's just go back to the first dog bit. Okay. Um... When the dog comes in the elevator, yeah, she stays alive because, yeah. well, the dog can't say to the man, like, oh, um, I've just seen a mannequin come to life. Oh. So. What if it was a talking dog? <laughs> That's not real. Oh, right. Sorry. Let's get back to the, the mannequin that comes to life. Yeah. So, if the mannequin does freeze, then it's only if people see her. Yes, that's what I said. And if they do see her, yes, other animals than can that see man, her. animals can see her. Other than that man, then yeah, yeah, then um, she dies. She doesn't die. Well, have a look at the movie turns, again. Turns into a she doesn't field. die. She dies. She just turns into a mannequin. There's a lot no. of time. There's a lot of time. Right. There's a lot of times whereby she's scooting past somewhere, and you think there's got to be other people seeing it, mm. and but. You know what? Let's just suspend, let's suspend the disbelief on that. Um, I did pick up some very eighties fashion. Mm. Um, why was he wearing bowling shoes? Yes, uh, he does. And when it came into the, I mean, that was in the trivia. Oh. He wears bowling shoes all all the way through. Yeah, it's like why the bowling and shoes? And not even matching. No. No. They're a bit horrendous. I don't know. I can't, I couldn't find the answer to that. I was trying to find out why he's wearing bowling shoes. Another bit I thought was a bit incredulous was the fact that obviously he kept being fired from jobs, and then um, why was he fired? For, he was fired from jobs because every job he tried to be creative. Yeah, and fired very by the slow. pizza place because he wanted to create the perfect pizza, <laughs> and he did one in like half an hour. Uh, he said, yeah. "I need you to do like five every minute or something." Yeah, you know. yeah. But he's then hired at what's the name of the place? Hang on, uh, Prince and Co the department store mm. um, because uh, the lady from the Golden Girls Estelle I can't remember her character's name um, she's coming coming along and it's their 100th anniversary of the store that's right which is quite a, a you know a remarkable achievement mm. for a department store um, and like the sign comes down and he ends up kind of pushing her out of the way oh, and getting sorry. caught up on the sign and then Whilst he's swinging back and forth, he ends up getting a job, and it's he like he gets electrocuted twice. Yeah, on his but, bottom. By, by live, no, 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 by live wire. Yeah. That would kill him. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> it's, and it's like he's, he's swinging back and forth, and she offers him a job. 
And it's like... Well, she offered a job because he saved her. Okay. So there's no CV check. There's no ID check. There's nothing. She doesn't know he's got skills or attributes other than pushing her out of a way to save her life. So she just saved her life and she says, oh, is there any way I can repay you? And he's swinging away. He goes, oh, have you got a job? What's she going to say? Thanks for saving my life. No, you can't have a job at the moment. But if you if you manage to get a CV yeah, you, together and then bring it in, if you apply to HR on, I'm this... not going to say that. She's just saved his life. <laughs> um, I mean, that was well. Anyway, it was uh, brilliant. the The premise of it is is James Spader plays the number two. It's like on the, you know to Stelgetti. No, not like that, Amy. Um, he plays the number two, and because uh, he wants to, he's in co- cahoots with the the other store owner to try and crash this place make it that nobody's coming here so that the other place can pick it up for a tenth of the price of what it's actually worth so James Bader is actively working against his own store doesn't like Andrew McCarthy doesn't like him kind of like wants wants him watched wants him looking around and, and stuff like that and you also have this subplot where the girlfriend that he picks up on the bike and everything seems fine he's sorry I've lost my job Roxy Roxy she responds with oh right okay fine I'm dumping you she just dumps him right there you know pretty much there and there tells him to see a psychiatrist yeah and it's pretty horrible brutal Um, and she keeps coming back in I mean Roxy's not I don't don't put her in roll call because she's just we're not going to tag her on Twitter or anything like that or say oh I hope you promote the podcast and a nice retweet no Rox, Roxy plays an, an 80s part in an 80s film um, nothing more nothing less oh, that's a bit mean well sorry she's just she's it, it's all stereotyped it's all you know that sort of clack, clacking away and you know and remember when she when she gets so upset with Andrew McCarthy and she can't do it she ends up sleeping with the slimy guy that's been hassling her all the time oh that was grim and you're like why would you do that he's he's a sleazeball but anyway, um, you do have some. You do have this. Um, a good the line. Whole... A good line for me was a uh, Captain Felix Maxwell, mm. which is the security guard yeah. played by the guy out of uh, Police Academy, mm. um, and his dog's called Rambo. Why is he called Rambo? Because yes, he likes to draw first blood. I know. I love that. <laughs> it's great. Now, Amy, that'll mean nothing to you. No, absolutely. Um, but when you're older, you might be able to see some of Sylvester Stallone's movies, like yeah. Rambo movies. Oh, yeah. We're, Sylvester Stallone is great. Yeah. You know who Sylvester Stallone is? No idea. Okay. Mm. Generation thing. Generation thing. Um, so, uh, well, Roxy's she... also comes out of the Dorchester. Yeah, like she's living. Like, like she is she there. living there? Yeah, that doesn't make an awful lot of or sense. Or is she just staying there? But she works yeah. in New York, so that's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it's like what's going on. It's those also like she's just there for a bit. But but anyway. Mm. Um so can we address another elephant in the room, which is if she's been going through time. I mean, she. I mean, she has. You can see on the credits. She's been going through time. She's met all these famous people. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. What's What's happened then? I mean, has she Has she been real? Presumably, she hasn't been a mannequin because they didn't have mannequins in Chris Columbus. I think she time. was just a spirit, wasn't she? And then she was brought to life because she embodied the the mannequin. But in But in what? When she met Christopher Columbus, when she met Michelangelo, she must have met met her as the princess that we see at the start. 
I don't know if that wasn't explained. No. Which makes me think that she can take human form. But did she have to possess somebody else? I mean... (laughs) Was she David? Oh, crikey, yeah. Michelangelo, well... We get told that Michelangelo was gay because apparently he preferred David. Uh, I mean, that that was a (laughs) massive... What? Subtext out of nowhere. Um, But yeah, so... It's his his obsession with her is he's obsessed right at the start when you first introduce to him he's built this mannequin he's built this obsession he carries it around with him he takes it home at some point Does I think he? I think no. he took it home at the start okay no well anyway it's no there. he's not allowed to take her he right. gets fired not allowed to take her and then the next time he sees her is when he's it's coming home after being dumped, dumped by, by Roxy, Roxy that's right. in the rain yeah. and however more cliched can you get pulls yeah. up and and the thunder and the lightning the lightning kind of like makes the um store window kind of flicker and so he sees and her and so he sees her and it's like oh my god so that's, that's, that's why the he's mannequin that there. i've made yeah. that's why he's waiting for the store to open because Estelle Getty comes to him yes before the sign comes off and says oh you must be keen you must love, you yes. love the store because you're, you're here right opening it's clear he just wants to get as close to the mannequin as he gets mm. but thankfully there was a there was a loose sign which allowed him to advance his career. He becomes vice president halfway through the film. And you're like, <laughs> what? Jim Spade is sacked. Can make some good the security uh, visual merchandising displays yeah, in the windows. Absolutely. Which isn't actually him, it's it's Kim Catterall doing it. Yeah. So she likes making things with her hands, doesn't she? Yes, that's that's right. So she's very good. She creates all this wonderful thing with Andrew McCarthy. They create these wonderful storefronts together, and as they do that, the store becomes more popular. Um, which means that they, you know, the the other the rival store means they can't buy it, and it's all it's all a big jumble. But here's a here's a very weird thing. So the security guard, before he gets sacked, has been told to keep an eye on Andrew McCarthy and say, "Will you report any funny business with with Rambo?" Of course. Roxy and the sleaze bag infiltrate the store halfway yeah, through how do they to do look that? around. Right. First of all, they're at the, they snap. Andrew McCarthy is rolling around on the floor with mannequin. Obviously, the security guard comes in, looks, she turns into a mannequin, he's on the floor and he goes, oh man, you're one sick puppy. Meanwhile, Roxy and the sleazebag have come up a down escalator and are at the top of the escalator taking a picture of him with a mannequin and the security guard. Mm. And then for some unknown reason, they have an actual fight. And it's so out of place because there's no reason for them to have the fight. The security guard and Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. They just have this fight. And it's just I wondered whether it was actually advertising because he bumps him into the Hawaiian Tropic stand. Oh, right. Okay. Then he bumps oh, him into the like head good. tennis rackets stand. Okay. And then he bumps him into the. I think they were footballs, weren't they? Or yeah, something. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe that. Branded footballs, and then bumps them into something else that was branded as well. And yeah. I just thought, mm, I wonder if it was well, like, you know, a way you know to what? shoehorn some uh, extra cash for the film into the film. Amanda's insight wins yet again um, on that. I mean, you, that might be absolutely correct. Amy, what other observations you got from the film? Sorry, sweetheart, I've been leaving you out a little bit. What other what other things that you wrote down that you wanted to? She hasn't written anything down. Oh, she didn't. Okay. Nope. All right. Okay. 
I got I got too caught up in the movie. Okay. I just didn't want to write anything. Well, that's all right so then. What, what are the best bits for you? Uh, well, I want to see the mannequin. Uh, like when they do each of the displays. Which like display, did you like the most? Mm, I think I like the end one. No, not like there was the tennis racket one. Yeah, there, there was, was like a cycling one. Yeah, and then there was like a beach one. Yeah, the, a beach the cycling one. one was good. I liked the cycling one. Yeah. The, the, the there was a wedding went one. Round. That was right at the end though, wasn't it? Yeah. The scenery went round and the bike's wheels went round and they were pedalling. Yeah. Um, my favourite was the photography thing. Oh, the photography like, one. Like when the mannequins go like oh, turning. trying to get to the bus where they weren't ready. You mean that one? Oh no, sorry, no, yeah, yeah. It was a photography That's one. right, the photographer kept moving and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that was good. For one. a second, I thought that was a real photographer. Hmm. Like, <laughs> just standing there. Like, no, just in the film, actually... I think he actually is real. No, I he's don't... not. No, he is. No, he's not. No, he, he is. is in the film. He's real. Go and watch the film again. And he's not real. He's on a pivot and then he goes back again and yeah, then he goes up again real. and he goes back again and he goes... Watch it again. It's not it real. Looks... Honestly, it is real. It's real. It's not, real. Not real. It's real. It's right. We're going to have a look again. Not real. It's real. It's real. Let's play a game. Uh, it's called Real or Not Real. Question number one. The photographer in, in the scene. Not real. 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 There is no question number two. Two against one. Yeah. I, we but, win. Uh, well. Oh, I got, I got question number two. Is our... um? Don't know. We're not playing. We're is not our actually plaid playing. Is our dusty? What? <laughs> We've got dusty flowers. Right. Um. Anyway, back on track. Okay, back on track. Um, the... The window display, I didn't quite understand, was that one with the subway? Getting ready. Yeah, what is that about? It was, it was people in were a late. Rush, rush hour. That's what it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to show people like getting ready and like having breakfast and putting makeup on and, and putting the shirt oh, on and, and in leaving. order to get onto the bus. Oh, or the subway. okay, right. I thought it was genius. I didn't get it. I think that was one of, I think that's possibly, in fact, it probably beat the cycling for me. Oh no, I like the cycling. But yeah. I really dislike the cycling. What? The mannequin that he loves, um, uh, she's the one that's in like the spotlight. I don't really yeah. get that. Why? I, I just don't like it. Also, their legs are going too slow. They're going like round. round. Like, yeah, it's not yeah, visual. You know, it's it's not visual podcasting. It's okay. causing people to get a headache now. Right. Um, just before we get on to, because obviously we're around that sort of time to get on to trivia time, um, I would just like to point out that at the end, um, Roxy is feeding the mannequins into a big shredder type thing, um, and Andrew McCarthy saves her with the help of Hollywood and, and all this, and it's really good. But um, what what ends up saying? Why does she end up turning into the? There's a there's a there's an um, an engineer guy that's watching yeah. all of this happen. Um, I think what's happened is um, because Andrew McCarthy has told her he loves her, and she's told him she loves him back. That's it. That's the spell broken. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's that. That's a nice romantic. It's better than anything I had. And, it, and that he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. Right. Well. So, okay. so she never turns back into a mannequin That's again. That's right, yeah. No. Ah, that makes then, a lot of sense. But then, what happened at the end of Christopher Columbus's thing? Did she suddenly go, 
all right, okay, well, I've got to turn into a spirit again and, and then oh, hopefully I'll get a mannequin. I don't know. Well, anyway. Maybe she doesn't age. Well, do you Maybe know what? Maybe it's a bit like Benjamin Button, That's but per- like, press the pause on the ageing thing. <laughs> well, let's, let's not talk about those two films in the same sentence. Um, right, so uh, it's time for, do you think it's time? What do you reckon, Amy? Do you want to introduce trivia time? Uh, hi, guys, it's trivia time. Trivia time. Um, it's a shorter trivia time this this time. That's to allow room for the widely popular little does she know? Or I'd see, I get it right now. It's not like oh, what does she know? And does she know anything? Or, does she or know a lot? It's What's what does she doesn't know? Doesn't know an awful lot. Doesn't know enough. Um, Amy, but she knows you, nothing. Amy, you can actually join in. Oh yeah, at the we'll end. give you some. So can I? if mm. you think you've got girl power. Um, between you, maybe, maybe I've passed on my. Uh, not, no, well, let's. Uh, <laughs> maybe spo- I've passed on my awful recollection of movies, Jean, to my daughter. Spoiler I think alert. you have. No, I don't think I have. You've got one of those. You've got one of those um, good memories, like your dad, about you know you can recite Stuff. lines from films. Yeah. I could never do that. No, never, <laughs> ever. But anyway, uh, the only one I probably know is nobody puts baby in the corner, but that's because it's an obvious one that you see out of side of the film anyway. So, well, you know, those aren't pillows, though. Those aren't pillows. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. You're you're, you're growing as you as you yeah, watch this sort of thing. Anyway. anyway, trivia time. Um, this is good because um, if mannequin seems a little formulaic to you, that's no accident. It was the first movie produced by a Hollywood market research guru called Joseph Farrell. Stay with me on this one because it's good. He perfected a system of focus groups and test audiences that studios now use to tweak films and make them more commercial. So five years ago, uh, he put his money where his mouth is. uh, uh, Sorry, don't look at this. And he served an executive producer on Mannequin. Um, Every aspect of the film was designed for maximum appeal prompting one top studio executive to refer to this as a, a muck movie. It was formulaic. It was designed to go in a certain direction, a certain way, based on people's reactions. He said, it was like frivolous en- entertainment for seven-year-old girls. Seven-year-old girls? So he says, Oh no. A variation on the Pygmalion story, which is done in various forms since the beginning of time. It works for a certain type of person, young female, optimistic about life, which is a big part of the population since aspirations know no social bounds. Every actor in the movie had been successful in a youth movie before. Kids like familiarity, that's what they like. Now, this guy might be the guy behind the guy behind the guy, but he's the one he, he's referred to as the person you don't, you, you don't need to know was involved in the film because it's almost like, Hollywood prides itself on making these films that universally appeal to all and are made and people flock to them. This guy turns it into a science to try and tweak the film to say it'll become more popular. It was popular, uh, as, as I'll tell you in a, in a moment. But he's responsible for the altered ending in Fatal Attraction. Did you know that there were two endings in Fatal Attraction? No. Okay. So you know the one where she comes out of the bath? That's the one that made it into the, into the film. That had to be reshot because of this guy's focus group on the original ending which I can't go into now but it's a bit gruesome but she ends up taking her own life um, oh, okay. in the end so, oh, think, yeah, so there was two different things yeah. Um, so yeah so this guy started you know 
cut his chops as they say on mannequin and then carried on providing this information so this is where you get the it didn't do well at test audiences so we changed the film and, and we made it better um mannequin is the rare hollywood romance where the lead actress is older than the lead actor kim cattrall was how old in this I would say she was probably 30. She was exactly 30. Oh, get in. And how old was Andrew McCarthy? Uh, he was probably about 25. Ooh, she nearly got it. 20, 26. 24. 24. Yeah, 24. Um, so Andrew McCarthy had just starred in Pretty in Pink. He wasn't considered a big office draw before Mannequin went into production. But the guy that running the focus, focus group says he has strong appeal to the young girls it's designated as the target so I said you need to make him you have to make him the uh, the lead role um, uh, the filmmakers scouted department stores all over the country before setting on Philadelphia's John Wanamaker's one of the oldest department stores in America to play the role of Prince's it's still there today but it's a Macy's uh, Mannequin cost 7.9 million to make how much did it earn back? Twenty million. Amy. Two million. <laughs> what? So it costs seven point nine million to make, and it makes back two million. So it yeah. loses. So they don't get profit. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, no, earned back forty-three million. Oh. Focus group man worked, uh, making it the twenty-seventh biggest hit of nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> so Not there sure you go. That's a- how many well well what were the other 26 films some kind of wonderful (laughs) Um, despite scathing reviews Mannequin did earn one Oscar nomination do you want to think what it was supporting actor no oh uh, yeah you nearly the music yes so for best song Starship nothing's going to stop us now the tune became a Billboard number one single by April 1987, um, but ultimately it lost the Academy Award too. Do you want to tell me what won? Oh, it wasn't the Frog Song, was it? Nope. It was Nobody puts Baby in the Corner. Oh, really? It's You've know, Had the Time of My Life and Dirty Dancing. Beat oh. it. Um, the song... The so- sorry. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to say on, not the last question you did, but the question before about which Oscar did it when I was going to say art of photography. Oh, okay. I don't know if that is an Oscar, but... Do you know, that's a good point, Amy, because for, for cinematography and visual effects and for creative design, they have costume design now, don't they? They do, yeah. And they do have things like that. It was extremely creative. I, I think they have them, but I don't know if they actually they had them televise then. them. Well, they might have had it's them. It's a bit but, like the BAFTAs, isn't it? But I would it? have known if it had won it or something like that. It's a really good point, Amy, that, you know, for something like that, for all the creativity that's in the film, and and especially when they're having their, their you know, like where they're locked in the department store and they're, mm. they're, they're going around, there's a lot of creative stuff that's going yeah, on there. I don't know how on earth she was doing hang gliding in the store. but Well, hang gliding, yeah, you need to watch that. We're not going to explain <laughs> it to you. Um... The song uh, marked the first com- nomination for composer and power ballad Diane Warren. She's been nominated eight times over the past three decades, but has failed as yet to win. Oh. Um, in 2010, there was talk of a mannequin remake. Not a, th- not a third one, but a remake. 
Um, in keeping with the times, the updated romance would be about a man who falls in love with a hologram. Oh. Yeah, well. That's not going to work, is it? They did make a very poor film called Simone, starring, let's just jog my memory on that one, starring with Al Pacino, where he fell in love with a an avatar, so to think. Mm. Yeah, very weird. Okay, so the director is called Michael Gottlieb. Um, Gottlieb is a very familiar um, surname for those people who remember who wrote the screenplay to Jaws. That was Carl Gottlieb. Yes, they're brothers. Um... <laughs> So he, the director got this idea for the film when he was walking past the store window and was startled to see a mannequin move by itself. He realised it was just an optical illusion caused by a combination of lights and shadows, but he wondered what would happen if a mannequin actually did come to life. Mm. So that's where he gets the idea from it. Um, the scene where Jonathan and Emmy were playing the window display using a treadmill, do you remember what happened? When they were preparing the window display using the treadmill... Oh, his trousers came off. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely they did. But Jonathan's pants weren't really supposed to be torn off by the walker. But looking at the scene and how much the camera was shaking because of the laughter of the film crew, (laughs) the scene was ultimately kept in. The pants weren't meant to come off. Oh, my God. Yes, I thought that was great. You can't actually rip pants off like that. Well, it depends what he's wearing. If he's wearing jogging pants or something like that, I suppose you get them caught. Yeah. Yeah. They're they right did, off. They, did, they didn't. He didn't lift his legs though. Oh, no. me. It just be torn off at like the back. Um, originally, the lead role was written to be an older, lonely storekeeper. Ooh. Well, with Dudley Moore in mind for the role. Oh, grubby. <laughs> but when Andrew McCarthy came on board, the role was rewritten to the role of a young artist. Um, Kim Cattrall, I like this bit. Stated, doing mm-hmm. this movie made her feel grown up. She said, I've become more of a leading lady instead of, like, the girl. All the other movies I've done, I played the girl, and the plot was around the guy. I've never had anyone to do special lighting for me or to find out what clothes look good on me or what camera angles are best for me. In this movie, I learnt a lot from it. It's almost like learning old Hollywood techniques. I've always been a sort of a tomboy, but I feel great being a girl and wearing a dress. It's nice. Um, yeah, they just uh, the next one was the bowling shoes. Um, before filming this movie, Kim Cattrall spent six weeks proposing for a Santa Monica sculptor who captured a likeness. Oh, okay. Six mannequins, each with a different expression, were made. Cattrall later recalled, "There's no way to play a mannequin except if you want to sit there as a dummy." <laughs> I did a lot of bodybuilding because I wanted to be as streamlined as possible. I wanted to match the mannequins as closely as I could. So, yeah. You could tell that as well when she, like, whipped her fur coat off. You could Mm. tell she'd been working out because that body was amazing. Yes. Especially when she was in the the rock chick stuff. I thought, yeah, that was my uh, favourite. But anyway. Um, LSD, I got this one. I don't know the context of it, but LSD researcher Jerry Kelly convinced himself the movie was real. He was arrested multiple times for speaking and even at times groping and addressing mannequins at several different retail shops. <laughs> Eventually, he admitted it wasn't the LSD that led him to this. Oh, God. And you're like, I don't know where to start with that one, so let's, let's not let's too not. much. Let's just park it there. Uh, Meshach Taylor played the cameo as... Uh, he said he, he said made a cameo... Oh, he made a cameo as Hollywood 
in the music video to Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Okay. So when you watch that, that's him in there. Um, he replies to the sequel, Mannequin on the Move. Um, he's come to cancer in 2014 and died at the age of 67. Aww. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, uh, yeah, got that bit. What? So Hollywood's dead? Well, well, well the guy that yeah. played him. Yeah. yeah, he passed away. So, yeah. Um, uh, Estelle Getty, yeah, just uh, that one. Uh, the last one was the three references to the Twilight Zone. Jonathan asked himself, I'm in the Twilight Zone, or am I just nuts? In, in the episode The After Hours, mannequins come to life in a department store after the store's closed after hours. Felix re- refers to Emmy as the dummy, which was the title of another episode where a ventriloquist dummy comes to life. Hmm. There you go. That's trivia time. You going to ask us any, like, questions? Yeah, here's... And now it's time for Drumroll to lead us night neatly towards the end of the podcast. Um... Uh, we've already said one of the people that I was going to do, so do you know what? I'll do the first two. Right, so, no clock. Hopefully today. <laughs> I mean, it is, is all we can expect is, is, are you going to actually do it? Um, the two of you can take this on. Um, okay. That's fine. What, what, what are we doing? Is, uh, little does she know. Okay. But you have a, a co-pilot on this one. All right. I'm not sure it's going to be a help or a hindrance. We'll see. But because you have help... You have to do four. Okay. Right. So let's 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 go for the first one. Let's go for an easy one. Okay. Four films in no particular time frame. <laughs> <laughs> um, by starring Harrison Ford. Um, Call of the Wild. What? What? That's a great. That's not an answer. That, I'm, not, I'm not having that. As that an is an answer. That's a great answer. Oh, is it? That's his latest film. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well done. Maybe you need her every, every time. Oh, good lord. Oh, Star this... Wars. Yeah, thanks. Oh, nice one. Can we name other Star Wars movies or not? No, you can Indiana only have Indiana Jones one. and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, so you Indiana can have Indiana Jones. Jones. No, last... you can't have sequels. Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, okay, have Indiana Jones. <laughs> one more film. Oh, um, uh, the one where he plays the <laughs> President's Bodyguard. Um, the President's Bodyguard? How about oh. the one where he plays the President? Oh, is he actually the President? It was part of a series of things, wasn't it? It's a series of films. Right, okay. Um, right, let me tell you what you're getting confused with. There was one with. in Ireland. Yes. So, you're thinking of when he played Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. In Patriot Games. Patriot Games, Clear that's and it. Present Danger. That's it. And, uh, no, those are the, uh, those are the only two he did. No, I think there were three. Clear and Present Danger and The Sum of All... No, The Sum of All Fears was Ben Affleck. Uh, and Jack Ryan Shadow recruits Chris Pine. I, I think this is maybe just two. Oh, I right. feel awful if I've missed one out. Um, how about where he played the president? Should I give you a clue? Get off my plane. Snakes on a plane? No. Oh. Air Force One. D- I haven't seen that. Oh, it's great. It's gr- it's unintentionally great. Um, any any others from Amy? Harrison Ford. <laughs> Star Wars and Call of the Wild that's all I really know oh, so all you fans of Blade Runner out there are probably oh God, yeah. hitting your head repeatedly against the wall that. going really uh, but yeah um, other films like uh, Regarding Henry uh, no. The Mosquito Coast please go and watch The Mosquito Coast no. it starred when Wasn't we talked about in one with River about Phoenix. volcanoes 
A film about volcanoes. <laughs> Wasn't he in one that had the volcano? Am I getting mixed up with Pierce Brosnan? You are. You miss, you're thinking about Pierce Brosnan and Dante's Peak. That's the one. Yes. Not in that one. Nope. <laughs> right. Well, let's let's lead to to another. Let's lead to another easy one. But the caveat in this one, okay, is you're not allowed to have John Rambo. So I want four films by Sylvester Stallone. Four films. Yes, please. Oh, there was the film where his daughter becomes a boxer. Where his daughter becomes a boxer? Yeah. His daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, we're gonna, sh- doesn't no, she no, no, get we're paralysed gonna, or we're gonna, we, Oh, God. We've got to pause this for the moment. Okay. Isn't that something so, butterfly? So, or? In, in most people's heads, if you say, right, okay, you're going to name Sylvester Stallone films... And you can't have Rambo, so you can't have John Rambo or any of the any of the films that he's done. Fine, okay, get you that. Your next thing turns to well, of course, Rocky. But how are we going to position got it? To stop spoiling it! No, no, no. I haven't finished yet. No, but I but haven't finished. There is yet. no Rocky. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven Rocky films. Can you just like, and you pick tell the plot of none of them? Tell me <laughs> if that is a film that he's been in. A film about a well, a film about a boxer. Where his, his daughter was a boxer. Yeah, there, there was a girl playing a boxer and she ends up being paralysed. Uh, I'm draw, I, even, oh, even, I'm going to have to Google it later. My encyclopedic drawing a blank on it. Do you want another film where he's a boxer? Oh, <laughs> shut up. Right, okay. So then we've got Rambo, we've got Rocky, um, we've got. Oh, God, that goddamn awful film. Is that another Rambo film? Like, the last one that he did, where he blows up, like, his land? That's it. It's his first... That's called Rambo First Blood. No. Last Blood, sorry. Last Blood, yeah. Yeah, that one. That was terrible. Um, Rambo sliced a load. Stop or my mum will shoot. Oh, dear. Yeah, okay. There you go. There's that one. Um, That's four, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, sort of. Um, I don't know why my mind wandered to uh, Sylvester Stallone doing comedy in a film called Oscar. Oh. Um, yeah, it completely out of touch. But let us not forget action fans, 80s fans, Tango oh, was, and Cash. Ah, and wasn't he in that one with a lot of the old timers where they had to go and do a mission? The Expendables. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right. All right. I'm right. going to find out about this other film Okay, now. so, okay. Um, next one is oh no I need you for the next one oh okay yeah um, so you can join in on this one Amy okay four films starring Angela Jolie oh I don't think she'll know that nope she'll know one of them no idea oh yeah yeah The Breakfast Club oh no, god. god no Maleficent Right, okay. Oh, well, you've... Your oh, she's gone. Where are you going? She's gone. She's gone away. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Angelina Jolie. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. Um, she was Lara Croft, so Tomb Raider. Yep. Um, Maleficent, Angelina Jolie. Oh, she was in um, sort of like an assassin film. Or am I getting mixed up with... No, you're right. Salt. Yes, yep. that's it. Salt. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been in? Uh, she was in a film called Wanted with James McAvoy. 
That's well, a great film, that I is. I think I've seen that. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Not bad. That's all right. Do you want to find out your film? Yeah, I am. So why do you find out the film? I'll just tell tell listeners what to expect next because we're getting to the end of season two now. So um, the way that we're going to do this is we, uh, we're going on holiday next week, so we won't be recording a podcast for a bit. But when we come back, we'll be watching the film Lesson Zero, which stars Andrew McCarthy, James Spader. And then after that, we'll be doing Pretty in Pink, starring Andrew McCarthy and James Spader. And then the season finale, which we're going to ask our good friends at the uh, Nerd Alert podcast to come and join us um, as we do uh, a kind of like round table, I suppose, on The Breakfast Club. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, that's oh, that's it. The film was called Million Dollar Baby, but it's not got a slice to load in it. No, it hasn't. It has got... Um, uh, Clint Eastwood and oh, begins with H. Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank, yeah. And Morgan Freeman. Yes, yeah. That's the, the Sylvester Sloan film that wasn't. So I was right with you, little carping about. Oh, yeah, I'm doing right. Yeah, but you were going a film about what? I'm like, yeah, there is actually a film about. Yeah, I'm sure there a, is. A female boxer that gets paralysed. It's Million Dollar Baby. Thank you. Okay, well, touche, as they say. <laughs> The fact anyway. it hasn't got Sylvester's alone in it. It's entirely different. It's, it's exactly. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. But anyway, um, thanks for joining us on this one, Amy. It's been great. So, yeah, we always say goodbye in order, so we'll let you go first on this one. Do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Yeah, okay, toodles. Okay, two okay. pip. Uh, cheerio. Oh, no, I say cheerio, and then you say cheerio. Okay. Cheerio. Toodle pip. <laughs> Rusted Junk. Rusted Junk. Rusted Junk. The Forgotten 80s Movies. The Forgotten 80s Movies. <laughs>